Everybody shout life. It's the most powerful force known to man. And we saw last week that no human being in James 3, 8 through 10, it said no human being contained the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Let me ask you this week, in light of last week's sermon, how many really, just be honest, you had a check in your spirit at some point, and you thought, Holy Spirit, tame my tongue. Anybody? Amen. The people that your tongue was tamed for, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not saying that means that Christians should be pushovers. I don't, I don't mean that we don't get to speak our mind. No, 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 we do get to speak our mind. But it's better that we speak our mind out of the mind of Christ, right, than out of just our own um, uh, struggle, frustration, anger, and such. And now Jesus, when I say that, he is the same Christ that weaved three cords together and went in and tore up the house with people. Remember that? It's my favorite picture of Jesus, just tearing up the house. That's awesome. Just, okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting that hate look. Don't do that. He likes a violent Jesus. No, no. Only for those who need violence. Come on, somebody. So I'm not saying we're pushovers, right? All right, all right. There's sometimes some things that need to be dealt with, and we're going to look at that later on in this series. But I am saying let's get the mind of Christ before we go and drop the dome that we have, all the stuff on our head, out. It goes on. It says, with it we bless our Lord, this tongue that we have, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I told you last week people are designed to shine. They're made in the image of God. And so with it, we've got to guard ourselves because from the same mouth comes blessing but also cursing, my brother. These things ought not be so, and so today, we're going to begin taking the next step, and I want you to open your Bibles to Acts. Open up to Acts chapter 7, and let's start in prayer. Can we do that? Father, today I ask that you would just visit with us. Lord, would you give us uh, just a reservoir of understanding that as we leave this place, we can drink deeply and become full of what you have for us so that the words of the haters, the actions of the haters, those that would try to throw shade, the effect of that shade would have nothing on our hearts because there's just too much of the things of Jesus going on in our lives to let it matter. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is exciting, okay? We're going to be looking today at a man by the name of Stephen. And, and some of you guys know who Stephen was. The church was growing thousands at a time. And with it, people needed some extra help. There was people that the disciples weren't able to minister to. And so they decided they would pick seven men. And that these men would become, if you will, deacons. They would become those who would help alongside the disciples to serve the needs of the people. And one of the first men was a man by the name of Stephen. Now, there's a little thing I want you to catch here. It said that these were men of good repute or good reputation. These were men who were ready for this. Full, shout full, full. of the Holy Spirit. I love that. And so they were men who had a good reputation. They were men who were full of the Holy Spirit. These were men that they were going to be appointed to do this work. They were men that had the spirit of wisdom. In other words, Stephen was some kind of somebody. I mean, he was a special guy amongst the group of people that God had laid up his hands upon as the church is starting. And so with it, I love the idea that he was full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say one more thing before we get to this verse. In verse 8 of chapter 6, it even said this, and Stephen full, shout full again, he was full, it says, and Stephen full of grace and power, he was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. G is Stephen full, shout full, 
I love this. We're going to go somewhere with that here in a little bit. He's full of grace. He's full of power. We saw already he was full of wisdom. We saw that he's full of the Holy Spirit. So basically, all that God has at Stephen's disposal to do the work of the kingdom, Stephen's full of it. Amen? Just full of, of what God's doing. Was he perfect? No, by no means. But he was full of what God wanted to do. And so with that in mind, let's stand to our feet to honor God's word this morning. We're going to read a passage of scripture where he's preaching and he gets to the end of his sermon, which was just a lambaste. I mean, he is just, like I said, it's not about being wimpy Christians, okay? He was speaking out of the mind of Christ in a bold, bold, prophetic way to these people. And, um, and these people were not real, real pleased about it. And now watch what it says. It says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears. In other words, you have a form of religion, but you're denying the power of God. You're denying godliness. You have everything that you need to be circumcised physically and representative of the people of God, but your hearts are far from the Lord. He says this, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the laws delivered by angels and you did not keep it. Verse 54, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at them. Some translations say they gnashed their teeth at them. But he full of the Holy Spirit, See that again? But he full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Get a picture of that. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Or in other words, he passed away. If you will, let's have our seats this morning. Amen? Amen. When it comes to dealing with shade, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't get away from shade. You just can't. It's a part of our lives. Shade is going to be thrown and, and, and at times I hate it, but it's thrown by believer to believer. It's thrown by unchurched person to church person. It's thrown by employee to employer, employer to employee. Shade is just a part of the life we live in. So let me help you today to get a better understanding of the nature of shade and how to minimize its effect on us. Is that good? All right? Because can't, I can't come here today and say you'll never face anything. You know? Well, you're going to face some stuff. Stephen obviously faced some stuff. And he faced it severely. But there's some amazing things that we can see in how Stephen was ready for that task, ready to deal with what he had to deal with. And I believe it's going to teach us some stuff here today. And so the first thing is this. People who, know, who throw shade, all right, they are not in a fight with you. People who throw shade, they're in a fight with the Holy Spirit. You should have went, yeah. It's not about you. I'm telling you right now, people who throw shade consistently, they literally are in a fight with the Holy Spirit. They're not in a fight with you. Watch Acts 7, 51. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart, you always resist the Holy Spirit. You see that? He, he knew the nature of this. He knew this was a people who, it's not against Stephen. That weight might have been too much for him to bear, but you're resisting the Holy Spirit. You always resist 
the Holy Spirit is what he says. And there's two ways that you can look at this, all right? The first thing is people fighting against something that God is trying to do in their life. At times, what you're doing and what you stand for doesn't line up with what God is trying to, it lines up with what God's trying to do in their life, but they're not willing to embrace what God's trying to do in their life. So their response is to throw shade, okay? So that's one way that this can happen. The Holy Spirit is trying to do a work in them, and they are bucking against that, and so they cast shade on you because you remind them of the word of God that's coming up in their ears that they're feeling conviction over. I am going to preach it. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I preached a sermon, and I got done preaching. I had just had surgery. They just pulled the staples out my arm, 38 staples. I always thought that was pretty neat because Jesus had 39 stripes, and I was just one less than... No, I'm kidding. Don't throw no shade. Don't throw no shade. And they pulled those staples out of my arm, and, and that day I had preached. That was only a few days after they pulled the staples out, and um, I had preached that day on anger. And this woman, now I say this not to be disparaging, but it was an era of mullets, all right? I had a mullet. How many had a mullet? You just didn't live. I'm sorry. Yes, I know you probably did, Mark. Now, did you permit? Uh, good, because I didn't either. And I was going to really throw shade if you did. So, but this woman had a mullet. Now, what's funny about that, I just thought of this this week. The guy had an issue with, I told you the story about last week. Remember the mullet? It just cracks. Mullets bring forth ministry opportunities. <laughs> All right, but here's what happens. So I come off the stage, and I go out to this little side room, and I'm talking to somebody, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, that sermon today made me mad. That's what she says to me, and she just drops it on me, and I'm like, well, maybe it's because you needed it, which you come with me. I'm coming back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Man, I'm telling you, that's how it was in my hood. No, so when it came down to it, I just said it. I said, well, you know what? Maybe it's because you needed it. This young woman, and she was, she's a burly lady. She's strong, you know. And Ross, she shouldn't have said that. She reaches back with all her force and punches me in the arm. God is my witness. A man by the name of John Hogan is standing here to the left of us, or left of me, and his jaw just dropped. Because I think he thought I was going to choke this woman, you know. And she slugged me, apparently really revealing the fact that she probably had anger issues. <laughs> so here's the thing about this. I preach a word. The Holy Spirit stirs her, okay, and she's got to throw shade. You know, she's got to come and, and um, you know, that sermon made me mad. I don't like that sermon, you know. And so, so what it was was the Holy Spirit was at work in her because that girl had an anger issue, you know. And so with it, God's doing a work. And she's feeling that, and she's coming against the work of God as I was preaching, basically. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? I was an angry, I'll just be honest, I was an angry woman. 9-11 happened. And the day 9-11 happened, that night I'm in the pulpit, and I'm preaching on what's a Christian's response to terrorism. And, I, and I'm preaching, and I said, when that plane flew into that building, those men thought they were going to paradise, and they went straight to hell. And when I said it, the same woman... She cheered and hoped and, woo! And man, I looked at her and I said, stop it. We will not celebrate anybody going to hell in this house. And, um, and she didn't like me much. Let's just say that. Okay? But it was one of those things where she just had, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. There's a thing about it that she just could not help but cachet all the time. And it breaks your heart 
But there was, and I'll get to it, that's my next point. There was something that the Holy Spirit was trying to do in her life. She was resisting the work of the Holy Spirit, and so she would attack everyone around and throw shade. It really actually, the way I dealt with her a lot for those years, I was there almost 11 years, was just through compassion because it broke my heart that she was ed up so much, you know. And so, I'm sorry, ate up so much. There you go. That's a little bit better English. And so when it comes down to it, people will fight against what God's trying to do in their life, and with that, they'll come against you. And so that's, that's the Holy Spirit they're resisting. Take pleasure in that. It's not you. Have a sense of compassion toward that, a brokenness toward that. It is them resisting the Holy Spirit. And can I just tell you right now in this house, resisting the Holy Spirit never works. It just doesn't. Amen? It just doesn't. Spirit's at work, and he's bringing about something awesome in your life, and the hater sees it and feels as if they're missing out, and they want to attack that. They're wanting to come against that. They're wanting to slam that. And I don't know about you, today to save time, I could tell story after story about that, you know, but I'm not going to. But here's something I will say. There, there a lot of times when somebody is throwing shade that way, sometimes there's a little bit of truth in their shade. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes God's trying to do a work in you. There's something that God wants to do in your life. And somebody is capitalizing on that weakness. They're capitalizing on that, that, that struggle that you're having. And, and they just lay hatred and ugliness on you. You already feel bad about it. You know it. You know, you're struggling with it. God's already dealing with you. It's, the Holy Spirit's doing a work. And rather than coming alongside and work with the Holy Spirit, they come alongside and they're just ugly and mean and bring hatred. They're still resisting the Holy Spirit. There, there, there can be some truth there. But you can always tell a friend from a foe. Right? Let me say that again. You can always tell a friend from a foe in regards to how they go about dropping that truth. Right? So this week I had a friend throw some shade my way. And it was good. And there was some truth in it. And, and he told me, and, and, and I'm going to work on this. Some. Okay? Some I'm not because it's funny. But he said, he goes, Ross, he said, you know what? You throw too much shade at your wife, Amy, from the platform. So I punched him. No. And and here's what he said. He goes, goes, look, I'm I'm not trying to be offensive. He said, he goes, we all know you adore your wife. How many know I adore my wife? My wife has been married to me for 23 years, and we dated a few years before that. That is a lucky, lucky woman. So like that, that was some shade that's kind of cute and funny. And everybody's like, oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's one thing, you know. But he said, ever so often, you'll drop something that just seems, it's just a shtick. It's just funny. But people that don't know you and don't know Amy and don't know how much you adore her, and they might be guests, they may think you're just rude and discount the next things you're saying because what a cad. Does that make sense? And again, I wanted to punch the, no. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to receive that. It was not a foe, it was a friend that was telling me something that the Holy Spirit was speaking to his heart, and the Holy Spirit was trying to speak to my heart and brought that about. Does that make sense? So there's a difference. So we do need to weigh through some of that. Some of that shade, it's not just, oh, you're a hater. Well, maybe there's some things in your life God hates. And so he's trying to work some things out, you know? I get that. And so we just don't want to resist the Holy Spirit when he's trying to do something in our lives. And so when it comes down to it, there's some people who will literally beautifully drop truth in love, but other people, they drop truth in blood. That's the difference. 
you know. So if somebody's dropping truth to you and you can feel the love in it, that, that's how my friend was dropping truth to me. I felt the love in it. I could receive that because it's the Holy Spirit doing the work. I'm not going to resist what God's trying to do in my life. But there's other people that will recognize God needs to do something in your life, and they resist the Holy Spirit and how they handle it with you. And they come, and they don't drop truth in love. They drop truth in blood. What do you mean? They want to hurt you, not help you. And so in those situations, when you're looking at somebody, and you're looking and thinking to yourself, is this something God's trying to use in my life? Judge that. Is their attitude trying to help me or trying to hurt me? And if it's trying to hurt, they're not, if they're trying to hurt you, it's not a friend, it's a foe. You just got to be like, step off, foe. Okay, don't say that. You just got to set your heart in motion in such a way that, you know what, I'm going to receive what God has for me from this. I'm going to take that little bit of truth that there is there, but, man, your attitude's all wrong. And so with that, those that come at you with that poor, poor attitude of a foe, can I just say it this way? They can try, but they can't triumph. If you get anything out of here this today, those that bring hatred to you, you know, those that you need to block the hate from, they can try. But if today, if you'll get the rest of this sermon in your heart, they can try, but I'm telling you today, if you get the rest of the word of God that he's called me to call to you today, if, you, if they try, they can try, but they won't try it. Go ahead and say it. Say, go ahead and try, but you won't triumph. Say it again. Say, go ahead and try, but you won't triumph. Amen. So when it comes down to this idea of shade that we get thrown, let's look at another, another point, number, number two, if you will. Shade hurts most when we are empty. All right? Shade hurts most when we are empty. We've got to be responsible a little bit and talk about why it hurts sometimes. In verse 54 of Acts 7, now when they had heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, you're coming, but you've got your attitude. You've bring in your hatred. You have your scorn. You've got a rock in your hand. Folks show up with a stone in their hand. It's not going to be a good afternoon. I know this is not going well, but, shout but, he sees this coming, but he full of the Holy Spirit. You can just stop right there and have church right on that, but he full of the Holy Spirit. You can bring what you want to bring, but you know what? I'm full. You can say what you want to say, but you know what? I'm full. I've got what God is doing in my life. I've got the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. You can bring the ugly, but it's not going to have that same effect on me because I'm full. It says he's full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Here's the thing. Shade always tries to point out what's missing or what's lacking or what's empty. They're trying to dig at that thing. That, that, that empty spot, that lacking thing, that, that thing that needs some improvement or whatever. And it's a person's responsibility to not run their mouth. I'm going to tell you that. They shouldn't run their mouth. They shouldn't spew hatred. But it is our responsibility to not let it affect us so much. And why does it affect us so much? I'll tell you why it affects us so much. When there's emptiness in us, it affects us. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he was so full in that moment it didn't matter what hate was coming. He was so full in that moment, he could keep his gaze set, his eyes, his focus where it needed to be because he was so full of the things of the Spirit in that moment. 
And I want to challenge us. It's not that person's job in your life. It's not that person's job that you work with. It's not that person's job that you coach or are coached by you. It's not that person's job that you sleep with every night that has a wedding band on their hand. It's not that person's job to fill you up. It's your job to stay filled. Here's why. Because when you're empty, there is space for the hate. Full people, hate can just run off of them. I'm not saying they don't feel it but they can reconcile it quick. Does that make sense? And so it, it, it comes and it slashes at you. Years ago, I came off the platform of a, of a funeral, and this man, he catches me right back by the door. This wasn't here. It was at a funeral parlor, and he, I'd never met him in a day in my life. And he says to me, he says, wow, he said, you, when you first went up there, I looked at you and I thought, where did they get this guy? <laughs> what is... What in the world does that mean? He goes, but then you started speaking, and I was like, wow, that's really pretty good. It was like, is that a, I don't know if that's what that is, you know. And, um, and to be honest, what's beautiful about that, if he would have said that two years prior, it would have just tore me up. Here in a little bit, I'll share one more story that will just kind of give you where my, I was in my, my, my state of mind. But, but I had got to a point at that point, I didn't care, you know. Yeah, the church at the time wasn't the size I hoped for, but the culture that we're experiencing right now was starting to be developed, and I could see God's hand all over it, and I knew God was doing a unique, special work, and I was full up on what God was doing, and I didn't care if you looked at me and discounted me. I didn't care about any of that. Next thing you know, he discounts the church. So what church do you pastor? And I tell him what church, and <laughs> he laughed. I, I'm going, now, I won't fight you for me, but I'm going to punch you if you laugh at Momentum Church. And he laughed, and I said, what, what's so funny? And he explained that we had this Easter bunny outside, and his family drove to their church and saw the Easter bunny, and thought that was funny how this modern church would think they could reach people with an Easter bunny where the resurrected Jesus couldn't. Well, that wasn't our mindset at all, right? So long story short, here's what's really cute about it. Years later, I didn't let it affect me that much. I really didn't, although I can remember every word that was spoken. <laughs> Just, be, just, just being honest. <laughs> Maybe it did. I need a couch up sometimes up here. Just a couch to lay down and just let you counsel your pastor. But, but, um, but years later, that guy right now is one of my buddies. He's one of my friends. And the first time I met him, we were putting two and two together. And it was like, oh, you remember how much of a jerk you were? And you know what he said? He goes, man, I hope you don't hold that against me. He said, I was going through stuff at that time, and I was so bitter, bitter at everything, and I'm so judgmental, and I just was so proud of the church I was at that I just thought nobody else had it figured out but us. So there was an emptiness in him, and he was ugly. Thank God at that point there was a little bit of a fullness in me, and I was just like discounting it. But do you see how that can play in if you're empty? Man, that could just play on your mind and play on your mind and, and so on. And so when it comes down to it, it's not that person's responsibility to fill you up. You've got to be responsible to stay filled because those empty spaces make space for hate. And for years, I was empty. For years, I, I felt like the honor I had once walked in in Ohio had been lost. You know, we came here. Our church in Ohio was over 1,000 people in a town of 50,000 people. That, that may not sound very impressive, but everywhere you went, it was Pastor Ross, Amy, Pastor Ross, Pastor Ross, Amy. You just had so much honor. And with it, so much influence. And, and with it, so much joy, you know, in my 20s, in my early 30s. Just, wow, this is so amazing. 
And then I came here and there was nobody and nothing and no connections. And Amy and I, we were at hot dog heaven and a couple turn around and they ask us if watermelon's a fruit or a vegetable. <laughs> this is like the first month we're here. We tried to carry that conversation on for a half hour, you know? And when they left, Amy leans over, whispers in my ear. She goes, don't leave. Be, be our friend. Like that. <laughs> We laughed. Nothing. We had empty. And so for years, the first four or five years I was here, I just felt so empty. And now that emptiness, and now that sense of longing to walk in honor again, which is a prideful thing, but how many know we're human, right? And out of all that, I was a fuse. If you, if you dishonored me, if, you, if I felt disrespected, it didn't matter what it was. I mean, I'm going to jump out the car and tell you off, you know? It just didn't matter. And I didn't really link those two together until years later. It's because I was empty, it's because I was so hungry for something, recognition, affirmation again. I don't know what you call it, you know? But there was just this emptiness, and it got filled with that hate they spewed. And instantly, I would rise up to try to retaliate rather than keep my gaze into the heavenlies, you know? And so I just want to challenge you when it comes down to this idea of space, you've got to be responsible to keep that Fool. And if you're dealing with a lot of, of unhealthy response, that may be an empty area of fellowship. Man, that shade, it may just be that there's some empty areas in your life. That may be an empty area of fellowship. Man, that's why journey groups are so powerful here in a few weeks. That, just that alone keeps you accountable, you know? Can't tell you how many times Brian Choate will tell me, Ross, you're a doofus. Not quite that way, and I'll do the same to him because we have fellowship. That started years ago in a journey group. That started 10 years ago, 9 years ago, however long, a long time ago in a small group. You know, and so it builds a place where you can be full, okay? I'm not going to belabor that point anymore. The, ne the next thing I want you to see <clears throat> is that you can't deal with shade in your life unless you get your eyes fixed on what really matters. He was full of the Spirit. He gazed into heaven. That's a good thing to look at. He saw the glory of God. I mean, the manifest presence of God, the glory of God. When God shows up, miracles and signs and wonders takes place. Amen? That's a good thing to keep your eyes on, the glory of God. There's strength. There's power. There's effectiveness when we keep our eyes on the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Jesus standing at that place of authority. His eyes are fixed on that. And he said, behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What's so important with this is that we begin to see in here this focus, the eyes that are focused on what really matters. And in doing so, an eternal perspective comes that no shade can cover. Just being able to have that focus. You know, so in other words, what do you mean, Ross? Your walk with Jesus, that matters. It does. What you're doing with the Lord. Being here on a Sunday morning, that matters. I'm telling you, this can set your whole week up to have your mind in the right place so when that shade gets thrown, you can stand strong, you know. That walk with Jesus, being in his word, that matters. Keeping your focus on what matters because when those people run their mouth and that hatred dispute, that doesn't matter. They're speaking out of resistance to the Holy Spirit and they're speaking out of ignorance. They're speaking most likely not out of a heart of a friend but of a foe, out of a heart to hurt, not to help. But if my focus is on the eternal, if my focus is on what really matters, it doesn't have its same effect on me. Amen? What about your family? I think your family is an eternal thing. Do you know that? There's nothing else 
that you get to take to heaven, but people, the people that you do life with, the people that you help them come to Jesus with, the children that you have in your life, that's why I just kept having them, I'm just trying to be a good evangelist, that's all I'm trying to do, you know, works for the Catholic Church, <laughs> love. I love that, I do, I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's smart, that was smart years ago, have all the babies you can have, that's smart. I'm just trying to model to you. That's all. That's all. Just, just modeling. Okay, so stop hating. Stop hating. All right, when it comes down to it, the eternal things, though, your family matters. I'm telling you right now, if you get full up on family, a lot of this stuff, this hate, this junk, it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, you can be ugly and mean, but guess what? I get to be Arden Rose's daddy. You come on, bring that ugliness. But when I get home, I'm going to get in the floor and play with Arden Rose. It just wipes away, you know? I get to go to the gym and have my butt kicked by Auburn Elizabeth. <laughs> that girl, fierce, fierce, all right? If you're a young single man, you want to date her, <laughs> you better be straight because she, she, girl, fierce. No, but, but I, that family gives you a great perspective. Does that make sense? If you're full up on what really matters, that hatred, it just it will roll off you like, like water off a duck's back, you know? But if you're empty, if there's any space of emptiness, if you're not full up on what really matters, that comes. What, what you're putting your hands to that has eternal merit, I believe, is something that gives us that eternal focus. You know what? It, 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 I'll preach a little bit about this in September, but, but they're rebuilding the walls there in Jerusalem. And Sam Ballot from the north comes down. He was an Assyrian, and he's just as ugly as can be. And I love, I love what Nehemiah, they, he just said, I'm too busy to come off this wall. I'm doing a good thing. I'm working for the kingdom here. I don't have time to come down and listen to your stuff, Sanballat, you ugly thing, you know? And so when it comes down to it, what you put your hands to, that's eternal quality. That pursuit, that purpose, doing the work of the Lord, that's something that can keep you from allowing the hate to take place in your life and cause you to, to struggle and to stumble under that. It can keep your mind on the eternal things that really matter. And so with that, as that hate comes, they can try they won't triumph. They can try to throw it, but you know what? My mind is focused. My gaze is set on eternal things. I'm not going to let your mouth, as ugly as it is, don't say that to him, as ugly as it is, I'm not going to let your mouth keep me from walking in my triumph. And the final thing is this. You can't deal with shade in your life until you get a glimpse of who you are in connection with Jesus. So I don't know, people here today, where your li lives are at in connection with Jesus, okay? But I'm telling you that, man, your life connected to Jesus, it changes everything. And the enemy loves to attack that in your mind. He loves to make you feel as if you're disconnected or disvalued or, you know, he loves that. But when it comes down to it, you can't deal with the shade in your life until you get that glimpse of your connection with Jesus. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus. Say Jesus. He saw him standing at the right hand of God, and he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man, that's Jesus, he's standing at the right hand. There was this connection to Jesus that changed everything. He was able to keep his gaze set in the face of the worst hatred and violence that was about to be placed upon him. He was able to keep his mind set right where it was supposed to be because he had this connection with Jesus. He knew who he was in Jesus. And I love this. He knew that Jesus went into the grave, but three days later arose. He knew that. And Stephen also knew that this is temporary. 
What I'm facing right now, I'm connected to Jesus and the resurrection of Christ. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, it will quicken my mortal body. Stephen had that revelation. He understood that. And so access to because of Jesus, it makes it easy to block out the haters. So what do we have access to? Well, here we see, number one, we see access to open heavens. Isn't it worth staying full of the Spirit? Isn't it worth keeping eternal gaze so that the heavens stay open over your life? I guarantee you, you lose that eternal perspective and the heavens will close over your life. Bitterness will start to reign. Revenge and ideas of revenge will start to range. It'll just well up. But you keep a vision of who you are connected to Jesus, and the heavens will stay open before you. The glory of God. Oh my goodness. As I said, God does great things in his presence. I want his presence to show up in my life. And so as the hate comes, you know what? I'm not gonna let anything hit my, my eyes off of the things of Jesus. I'm connected to him, and so I have every right to the glory of God, the presence, the power, the moving of the Spirit of God in my life. And right now, that person is running their mouth, and just behind your head, just think, oh, when you leave me, me and Jesus are going to have church. When you get out of my face, and I go to my knees, it's all going to be well. I don't need to retaliate. I have a resurrected Savior I got my gaze on. The heavens are open before me. And just here in a little bit, my heart is heavy, but just here in a little bit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the open heaven, God's going to rush in, and His glory is going to touch my heart, and I'm going to come out of that moment strong. Now listen, if there's a bit of truth in that shade, I'm going to come out of that, that moment asking Jesus to change me, to touch me, and I don't want to resist what the Holy Spirit's doing. Does that make sense? But I'm keeping my gaze on Jesus. It says here, He saw Him at the right hand of God. He was... The Son of Man stands at the right hand of God. That speaks to authority. Who, do you, who are you in Jesus? You are a son of God. The Bible tells you that you're an heir to the kingdom, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. That means everything that Jesus has, you have right to. Really? Yes. I'm so looking forward to September teaching into this a little bit. You know? But when it comes down to it, you are connected to Jesus and so with it you have authority and that first thing that you can exercise authority in guess what it can be your own tongue your own heart your own existence that might have some empty spaces that you, you want to pull up in and, and attack back and God I can't do this this tongue I can't do it on my own but with the Holy Spirit's help come so that person's running their mouth and you just realize this is chapter one. That's chapter one. And when they leave, you get to experience chapter two. And it's not with that person. It's with Jesus. Isn't that cool? Man, I'm going to get in the throne room and get some things dealt with with God today. And it could just be, God, I'm so angry. Help me. It's a beautiful thing. Because the open heavens are there. His glory is there. That authority is there that you can take over the control of your tongue. And then the last thing, you don't see this. I don't have this uh, up on the screen. I thought of this later. If you read a little bit further... It says, falling to his knees, Stephen cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Forgiveness. In that moment, he's offering forgiveness. It sounds very similar to the Jesus he set his eyes upon. Because Jesus on the cross said the same thing. Isn't that neat? In the face of hate, Jesus said the same thing. And now Stephen's just modeling Jesus, that's all. And he's realizing, I'm not going to hold this over them. And I offer forgiveness. They know not what they do. That's how you triumph over the shade. 
They can try, but they won't triumph. Now, here's the thing. There's people in this room today. You have an opportunity to have a connection with Jesus that is just life-changing. Literally, the Bible says you become born again. That means like a new life. And I want to give you that opportunity today. Now, we, often we ask, but, but, but today I want to be real formal about it, if you will. If you're here today and you have never began a relationship with Jesus and you want to start a life with Jesus as one of his disciples, following him, learning what it looks like to walk after Jesus, learning like Stephen what it looks like that in the face of adversity, you'd have such an eternal focus. Bring it on. That kind of peace is Jesus' peace. And he brings it to you today, but you've got to receive him. He doesn't force that on us. The Bible says if we'll repent of our sins, if we'll look to him, we'll ask him to come into our lives, he will do that. It says that with our mouth, confession is made to salvation. With our heart, we believe unto righteousness. And so today you have an opportunity. We're going to pray a prayer with you, just all of us, out loud. But if you want to come to Jesus today for the first time, would you boldly just hold your hand up and say, that's me, Ross. Is there anybody here today for the first time? I'm going to do another thing here in a second, but for the first time. Let me ask this. If you are a person who you just you know that you need to shore up that relationship with Jesus. A lot of doubt there. There's a lot of fear there. And he doesn't want you having fear. He's that Prince of Peace. He's that good shepherd that wants to lead you into better pasture. And if today you just want to recommit your life to Jesus, would, would you hold up your hand for just a moment? Anyone? Yeah, see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Proud of you, brother. Let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus. Thank you for delivering me from the lies of the ultimate hater. Satan would love for me to be with him through eternity. But you delivered me through the blood of Jesus. Today I thank you that you've washed my sins away. Today I thank you that you are my Lord. I will follow you. I'll, rep, rep, I'll respect your leadership. And I'll ask you, Jesus, today to lead me the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that, if you did that, we have an awesome thing happening on August 27th. We're doing baptism. Maybe you've been baptized when you were young and you want to do it as an admonition of your own faith. Maybe you've never been baptized before. Maybe, maybe today you just got saved or, or you were saved years ago and just never went through with baptism. On August 27th, we're going to have a party in here celebrating lives coming to Jesus. And so you can go on our app and you can sign up for that. We'll get you information all about it. But please, I would love for you to come and be a part of that celebration that day. Next week, let me pray over us. Next week, have your hearts ready to receive more in the area of throwing shade. We're going to be looking at Jonah what it looks like when our lives are characterized by shade and how we can get past that. Jesus, right now, thank you for my friends that are here today. Lord, I ask that you would go with us. Thank you this week that you challenged us to not be those that throw shade. We thank you that we've had a week to practice that. Now, Lord, as we go into this new week, we ask that you would help us to practice what it takes to not allow shade thrown at us to affect us. Truly, Jesus, help us to block out all the haters and to become full of what you have for us through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. 
For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.